0: Welcome to Episode 73 of the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Toosey. Vision is a divine plan that God wants to work through you.
1: Hi, this is Keith Toosey and welcome to Leadership in Context. In our last podcast, we talked about the person of God superseding us and implanting vision within our spirit, the vision being very supernatural in its nature. Uh, I made a reference that there are 77 references to vision in the Bible, but yet only two of them really have any practical element to them. Uh, That might be a little bit of an overstatement, because there are things like we quoted Daniel, we said, like, what do I do with the vision? So that would be a practical But those two instances are the verses everybody knows about vision. And the reason we know those verses about vision is because they are the two teachings that really stick out on what to do with vision and why vision is so critical and how vision works. (coughs) Excuse me. So looking at Proverbs, the 29th chapter and the 18th verse, it says where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. The King James says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So vision of course, is divine revelation, divine direction. Somebody I heard say that vision is a preferred future. I think that's actually too weak. Uh, preference, and conviction are two different things. I think when you have vision, you have a conviction of what you must do, not just a preference of what you must do. The mark of a man or a woman with real vision is they will do self-sacrificing things. They will do things that cost them something because there is a conviction, not just a preference. A lot of people have a preference to see good things happen, to see godly things happen, but they lack the conviction that will cause them to be completely self-invested. So vision, you are apprehended by God. Uh, It's not a preferred future. It's a necessary future. It's a sold-out future. Now, interesting, the King James uses the word perish. The New American Standard Translation on unrestrained is uh, actually a very good translation. And to understand this passage, you've got to know the etymology of what is being said here. not In other words, not just a translation of what the Hebrew language is saying, but how was the word used in that day and time. And the word perish or unrestrained is a reference to the domestication of an animal, especially of a horse is how it was used in that day and age. And the picture that's being painted here is if in the training of that horse, If the horse does not understand what is happening, why it's being trained, why it's being asked to do things, it will become wild and it will become unrestrained. And so here's a word picture people who are being led by God uh, and led by his under shepherds, led by leaders, however you want to say it, if they don't understand the purpose, the vision, of what the training is about they will kick against it and to the degree that they will injure themselves they will perish they will hurt themselves unto death they will be unrestrained they will be wild they will have much energy and much ability but it will never be able to be bridled. It will never be able to be put to use, and that's exact word picture he's saying here. Without vision, we are unrestrained. Without vision, we are unbridled. Without vision, we perish. We take all our great. Uh, abilities, our talents, our anointings, our callings, our ideas, our strategies, and they are brought to naught because they cannot be saddled, they cannot be bridled by the Holy Spirit to be put in a team context. In other words, we're not able to be trained if we do not see the end result. We kick against the very thing that God is trying to do. That's the picture that he's talking about here the purpose, the why, the vision. Without that, people perish. They die in the desert. They die in the wilderness. They do not finish the journey. They don't get to the end of their destiny, though they may have started out. They may have had good intentions or great preferences. So without vision, people perish. That's the necessity of having Vision. People give up on it when they don't understand what's happening around them. That's one of the arts or skills of a leader, even in the home or the church or in the business world, is helping people interpret what's happening so that they know where they're at on the journey. If you've ever been driving down the road and maybe you thought you were lost and then you saw a sign and that sign told you you were going the right way, or even the sign, for that matter, told you you were going the wrong way, at least you were placed. You knew to keep going further or to turn around and go the other direction. That's kind of the picture here. like It places you where you were at. The, The sons of Iskar were wise and they were able to discern the times. Well, that's what good leadership does. That's what clear vision will do then of course the other passage that is critical to vision the two practical uh, verses in the Bible or context in the Bible when it comes to vision are is found in the book of Habakkuk where after the vision he says, what do you what do you do with the vision he says, well, in verse three of Habakkuk two for the vision or verse two excuse me, then the Lord said to me and answered me record the vision, so you write the vision down. What do you do when you have a vision? You write it down. You make it plain, because remember, in almost all those supernatural manifestations of vision, rather than answer questions to the prophet or whoever the vision came, they unveiled more problems. They unveiled, like, what does this mean? What do I do with this vision now that I saw it? You know, Peter had a clear vision of something being lowered from heaven, but yet he couldn't comprehend what that meant. Daniel had clear vision. Obadiah had clear vision. Jeremiah, Ezekiel had clear vision. But that didn't mean they had clear interpretation or application. And I've talked to many people that— that had clear vision, I was very impressed by, but yet they were not able to work that out. or in the process of working that out. So when a person gets clear vision from God, that doesn't mean they have clear application from God. There's a process. And that's what he's saying here in Habakkuk 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, record the vision, write it down, inscribe it on tablets, don't change the vision that the one who reads it may run. In other words, that you look at that vision until it becomes clear, until it gets buried in you. So when you get a vision, you begin to drink of that vision and eat that vision to the degree that the one who reads it may run. In other words, there's there's two points of application here, that he can read the vision and run with it, or that the vision is so clear that as he's running, it's like a billboard on the road, and he can run by that, and boom, it's crisp. He can hit it and he can keep running by it. And then he goes on to that second part of it. It hastens toward the goal, it will not fail, though it tarries. Wait for it, for certainly it will come to pass, it will not delay. And that teaches us that vision is a process that when we get a vision for something, it usually does not come to pass right away. As a matter of fact, that's why you need vision. You don't need vision if it's easy. You don't need vision if it's clear. You don't need vision if it's obvious. You need vision when there's static. You need vision when there are things blocking the horizon. You need vision when there are obstacles. You need vision when you're under attack. You need vision when you have real enemies. You need vision when there's demonic interference. That's when you need vision, and you need to solidify down in your spirit so that it becomes so clear that you can articulate it in a very short amount of words, and it can be posted in such a way that it is as clear as clear can be, and those who see it know what to do with it. Those are the practical elements of vision. I emphasized in our first podcast about vision that vision is not just a good idea. Vision is not just a good plan. Vision is not just a good strategy. Those are things that can come out of vision. And you can do those things without vision, and they can be redemptive. They can be good. But when the Bible's talking about vision, it's talking about God giving you a divine plan, and then Him working that plan out through you. Let's not be like the horse that refuses to be trained for the very purpose. Let's Let God bridle us. Let's let God saddle us. Let's let God use us for the things that he's intended us for. I hope you've enjoyed this. I pray that you would go back and look at those familiar scriptures on Proverbs 29, 18, and Habakkuk 2, and really ask the Lord for revelation on those, on how they apply to your life. Hey, this is Keith Tusey. Share this podcast with somebody. For leadership in context. Thanks for being with us.
0: Today, Keith continued his discussion on vision. Vision is a process. When God gives us vision for something, it usually does not come to pass right away. That's why you need the vision, to keep going in the direction that God has pointed you. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusey. Join us next week as Keith continues to put leadership truths in the context of the local church. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. For show notes or to ask Keith a question, email podcast at innerpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at innerpastors. See you next week.